Uh, let's take a moment and pray. Oh, Lord God, um, we don't want to just be people who show up to church. We are here to meet you and to uh, lay our lives down before you just because you laid down your life for us. Lord, we pray that by the, the wonderful power and grace of your Holy Spirit, you will break through the barriers that we often build around ourselves and uh, plant your word deep into our hearts and minds and souls. Let it grow and bloom in us so that we can become your kingdom people. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, today we are continuing our series, 50 Days of Unleashing Hope. And uh, if you would pull from your bulletin this morning, there's an outline, an insert. And uh, I'm going to ask you to follow that along as we, as we go through the message today. Uh, by the way, this month I will conduct four weddings. I've got three down and one to go. Uh, and usually we think of marriage as uh, an act of love, but you know just as much as an act of hope right? It's just, it's an, those vows that, that couples take, they are vows of hope. And you can go through all kinds of hardships and troubles in a marriage, and you'll be okay. But when hope dies, things are in trouble. You know, it's, a, it's that way about a lot of things. Parenting is a lot about hanging on to hope. Um, growing up, <laughs> is a big part is not giving up on hope. You know, a lot of us are reading Ray Johnston's book, The Hope Quotient. How many of you have been reading some of that yet? All right, a lot of you, most of you. Um, and I don't know if you've noticed yet, but in the back of the book, in part three, it has an extra section that we're not going to actually do in this series, but it's, it's extra, really good stuff. Uh, unleashing hope in your marriage. Unleashing hope in your kids, unleashing hope with your career, and, and, and so on. And by the way, uh, some of you may not have a book. We've got extras I still saw on the, on the table out there in the foyer. Uh, as you leave, there are books, and you can, you can pick one up. Uh, Jesus is our source of hope. And, you know, that goes through with whatever circumstances I may face. I may face an incurable, painful disease... But when I'm walking with the Lord and He's walking with me, hope is still alive. I have problems that I still can't solve. I don't know the answer. But Jesus leads the way, so I have hope. Now, if you look back on your outline, you notice near the top there, it has uh, Romans 15, verse 13. And uh, do you want to read it with me? Yeah, all right, let's do that. Uh, and let's say it like we mean it, okay? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people don't know that kind of hope. You know, a lot of people put their hope in other things. They, they hope they win at the casino. They, they hope they don't get in a car wreck. They hope the Cubbies finally win the World Series again. <laughs> and that's okay, but those, those kinds of hopes aren't going to hold you up when life gets hard. I did, I did something again this week. At a, I was at a restaurant for a lunch meeting, and I asked our server if there was anything that I could pray for him about. 
And he, had, he didn't hesitate. He had something right away. He said, yeah, he and his buddies had a, had a trip to Vegas coming up, and would we pray for safe travel? So we did. We, we prayed for his safe travel. Interestingly, though, a few minutes later, he came back, and he said, you know, what I asked you to pray for was maybe kind of selfish. Would you also pray for the people of Haiti after that devastating hurricane? And so we said yes, and we, we joined together, and we prayed for the people of Haiti. By the way, the United Methodist Committee on Relief, UMCOR, uh, was on the ground immediately uh, after the hurricane bringing food, emergency supplies, and health kits. And I thought later, what I should have said to that server was that UMCOR will use 100% of any donation to help people in Haiti, and I should have said, whatever you give, I'll match. You can double your money guaranteed better than Vegas, right? I want to be that kind of person. I want to be that kind of person that overflows with hope. The Bible says that every person who belongs to Jesus has a spiritual gift to bless others. You have at least one, maybe more, gifts to bless others. And besides that, you have talents and strengths and experiences and passions that God can use. Now, if you go to your outline, uh, you can fill it in, I hope, as we go. Uh, when you use your gifts and play to your strengths, you will maximize your potential. Now, I've got to let you know something. As we go through this outline this morning, uh, I'm going to ask you to shout out the words in red that you see on the screen. So, let, let's try it with this one, okay? You ready? You will maximize your potential. Perfect. Keep doing that. Now, you may not realize it, but you are a gifted person. God says so. God has poured potential into you. And one of the, you know, for me, one of the greatest blessings is when someone comes to me and says, Hey, Steve, you know that thing you got started? I can help you get it organized now. <laughs> and I go, Praise the Lord. You are an answer to prayer because I don't have that gift of administration, but you do. And together, it's going to be great. First uh, Peter 4.10, which is in your outline, says this. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Use that gift. Maximize that potential. If you have a heart for middle school students, that may be a sign of untapped potential. God may be calling you, so I say give it a try. Go on a mission trip or be a, a mentor, uh, a teammate's mentor at a middle school or, or uh, help out one day afternoon a week with our impact after school program or, or come and, and help with uh, middle, middle school students on Wednesday night student ministry here. Okay. We're going to need another shout-out again. I'll give, me, give you another heads-up. When you use your gifts and play to your strengths, you will minimize, minimize insecurity and arrogance. I remember a, a friend of mine some years ago discovered that her spiritual gift was service. Some translations of the Bible call it helps. 
And she loved to be in the background and serve in ways that would make a difference, but that were not going to be noticed. She wasn't going to be in the spotlight. She loved to do little helpful things. And she always thought that meant that she didn't really have much to offer. But when she learned it was her gift, it was like a light came on. You know, she thought it, it elevated her serving. She said, this is my gift. Uh, 1 Corinthians, it says there uh, that, that we're all a part of one body. It says those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are what? Indispensable. It's saying don't put down any gift, including your own, because your gift, your contribution is indispensable. For example, you know, we've been relying on, on the person running the soundboard up here today to, to kind of, you know, make some quick adjustments and, and try to, to fix the feedback and all this. And, you know, the person up there is, is not running, is not uh, reading scripture, not playing music, not greeting, not welcoming, not serving in the nursery. And all of you sitting in the pew, you can't even see who it is. But where would we be without you? And we remember that everybody has a gift. And when all these gifts are put together and, and all are needed, it minimizes our tendency to want to kind of puff ourselves up, right, and brag a little bit. Romans 12, 3 cautions us. It says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. So not too high, not too low, but just sort of use your gift. Not every security. And because of that, when you use your gifts and play to your gifts, you will harmonize the gifts of others. You know, there's a reason that we don't, when we have service, we don't have a choir of all tenors. Because the beauty comes when all the voice ranges are singing their parts and harmonizing. So we're going to try something right now. You're the choir, all right? So here we go. I'm going, to, I'm going to find this now. If you are a low bass voice, there's your A. La, 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 la. Men, la, la. Oh, altos, tenors, sopranos. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I, I'm really just a, you know, a frustrated choir director at heart. You know? <laughs> and, but you know, there's an interesting thing about harmony. Harmony is always more than the sum of its parts. That's the magic of harmony. It's more than the sum of its parts. And as you can see in your outline, verses 4 and 5 of Romans 12, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, or in the choir you don't all sing the same note, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So, you know, a choir was one analogy. Your body is another analogy. It, it, it's a marvel to think how many things have to work in harmony just 
for me to be able to walk, which is probably why it's hard for me sometimes, you know. Uh, my brain has to send messages through my nervous system down to my muscles. Uh, blood flow increases, uh, breathing deepens, hormones are released, perspiration kicks in, and then things have to just sort of naturally go together. So my opposite uh, arm with the opposite leg, you know, all of that, just all of that coordination, we don't even think about that. You know, I'm just going for a walk. But all of those things are working together in harmony. And when you use your gifts and play to your strengths, the body of Christ gets moving. Another one. When you use your gifts and play to your strengths, you will specialize in your giftedness. Now, the quarterback on a team might make, what, one tackle a season? And that's probably after he threw an interception, right? But the quarterback doesn't need to spend half of his time practicing his tackling technique. In order for the team to be successful, each player specializes. Let's say that you have a knack for um, engaging fifth graders in the gospel. All right? You know, you love to hang out with them, you, you, you have fun with them, you, but, and you can also teach them, and they, and they love learning and, and, and how to be a, a Jesus follower in this life. And uh, you share it in ways that they can relate to, and these kids, you love them. You love them. You are like their shepherd. You are really their pastor, right? And, and if I come to you and say, would you serve on the board of trustees? And if you're in a position where you realize you can't do both, you better tell me no. You better stay where your gift is. You better stay and specialize in that. Now, some of you say, well, Steve, how do I know what my gift is? And I say, well, then just try something. Whatever you might be interested in, just try something. Just jump in. Um, and, and if you've never done it before, don't let that stop you. We don't care if it falls flat. That doesn't matter. Just try it. And if it isn't right, then you learn from it. Um, I've known people who have been terrified of public speaking, uh, you know, couldn't get up in front of crowds, but then later God used them as great communicators for Christ. Well, it turns out they had a spiritual gift they didn't know they had. Do whatever God gives you the ability to do. Specialize in that. Okay, now I want to ask uh, Barb Strominger to come on up, if you would. Uh, oops. Some of you, I can't walk, see? <laughs> I told you I couldn't do that. Uh, a few of you know Barb. Uh, Barb and Mark mostly come to the uh, 9 o'clock service, but um, I know a number of you may have met her. But anyway... Uh, I would, I'm eager to have Barb come and share with us today about a couple of things that God has sort of opened the door for her to do. Can you tell us about what those are? Well, here at Faith Westwood, um, I, I serve in multiple ways, but the way I specialize um, really is in working with people who have some sort of stress around a financial issue. So personal finance is kind of my passion. So... Um, 
you know, I, I do it in different, different kinds of ways. A lot of times it's just, uh, you know, looking over people's budgets and trying to find out where there's a, a weak area that they could maybe shore up. I do whatever is needed. I've done a lot of, a lot of different things. Uh, but as an offshoot of that, I've even specialized more in uh, Medicare Part D plans. And tell us what Part D is for those that yeah. may not know. Uh, Part D, when you turn 65, you can sign up for Medicare. And Part D is the drug portion of Medicare because Medicare A and B don't include drugs. So it's a separate plan, but it's one you should review every single year because things change. Your medications change, what the plans offer changes, and a lot of times people don't look at that. And I have found that when people come and talk with me and we do a review, that oftentimes people will save hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars that they didn't even realize that they yeah. could save. Yeah. And I know there are some people in here this morning that I can see in this uh, congregation that that have saved some money. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be moving and I won't be able to do this in the future. So I was training with Sandy Villadal on Friday so that we can continue this ministry even when I'm gone. And uh, we used her information as an example and she saved $470 just sitting there with me that morning. And so you or if you got parents, yeah. you know, that have Part D and aren't reviewing it every year, you really you know, give me a call. Yeah, so how long have you been doing this? I've been doing financial, personal finance ministry for maybe 10 years. Okay. Uh, and then I got more specialized, and so the Medicare, yeah. about four years, I've been doing that. How did all this get started, Barb? Um, well, I guess my background is an economics uh, degree, undergraduate, and then I have a, a master's in business, and I worked in banking and corporate finance uh, before I had kids, and then I spent my, most of my effort raising my kids, and after that, I had a lot of time, and so I think I must have said something to one of the staff here at church, you know, that if you ever run across somebody who has, like, financial stress about anything, you know, I'd be willing to walk alongside them and see if there was some way to offer some yeah. comfort. And, well, and so, yeah, so I've been getting people referred to me since then. And I know that for a number of people and families, you know, just kind of walking through their financial decisions and options and budget and all that has been huge. And then, you know, so many people have, have uh, sat down with you and looked over their, their Medicare type uh, Part B and, and it's, it's been huge. And um, so... I mean, this plays to your strengths is kind of your background, but uh, a lot of you don't know. She mentioned that she'll be moving, and that's actually coming up a week from tomorrow or Tuesday. Right. And um, so, Barb, we're going to, you're leaving a big hole. Well, I'm hoping but, to uh, fill it. There are other so, congregation so members who also have this strength, and yeah. we can develop that. So um, what about in the next week? I see you've got a little. Oh, Right. I, I carry this around with me all the time. It's my sign-up sheet. If anybody has a friend or family member or you yourself would like to get a review of your drug plan, I'm in the bulletin, call me. And you know what? Even, even after I'm gone, that's a cell phone number, you can still call me and I can direct you. If, you. if you have any questions, I can find a place for you to get answers even after I'm gone. Okay, Barb, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. You see the power of specializing, how much good that can do?
All right, let's review where we've come so far. You can see it on there on the screen. You will. You will. You will. You will. Amen. And, and now you're all wondering, how many three-syllable rhyming words can he come up with? Well, we'll see, okay? When you use your gifts and play to your strengths, you will realize your purpose. I want to tell you about Carl. This story comes from a United Methodist pastor in Wisconsin. Carl was a middle-aged, independently wealthy guy. He was also seven feet tall, wide as a doorway, and had a big bushy beard. Uh, Carl had gone through a troubled childhood, kind of a stormy adolescence, but when he was an adult, he met Jesus. And it had a profound impact on his life. Jesus uh, came into his life in a beautiful way, and Carl was so thankful, he just, he just devoted his life to the Lord. Carl, so Carl was this kind-hearted, gentle giant, and it, he found his way into a very traditional United Methodist congregation, which really wasn't all that receptive to newcomers. But Carl didn't seem to notice. He just jumped in like he was part of the family already, and, and, and uh, the first Sunday he came in. He came in kind of striding down the, the center aisle, and he plopped himself down right there in the, in the front row, and um, you know, the elderly ladies who were sitting behind him, they couldn't see anything <laughs> except Carl. And Carl just sat there during the whole service, smiling, giving his full attention uh, to, to worship, while everybody else, they were looking at him. But it didn't take long for people to warm up to Carl. You see, Carl's gift was bringing people to church. Uh, you know, this big giant guy drove around this tiny powder blue uh, compact car, but he had three extra, you know, he had his driver's seat, but there were three extra seats, and he thought, that's bad stewardship to not bring three extra people with me to church every Sunday. So that's what he would do. Every week, Carl brought a trio of friends to church, and they would sit right with him in the front row. And they wouldn't be all the same friends every week. They could be very different week, people from week to week. They might be... Uh, he brought homeless people, lawyers, teachers, Korean short-order cooks, doctors, and college students. And he promised them lunch after worship. Carl says, food is the single most important tool for evangelism. <laughs> Think about that. One Sunday, Carl and his entourage, though they were not there 15 minutes early like they always were. And everybody wondered, where's Carl? What happened to Carl? Well, time for the service. Congregation stood and began singing the first hymn, Ask Ye What Great Thing I Know. Still no Carl. They were just starting the, the fourth verse when the doors of the sanctuary burst open and in came Carl, followed by 17 inmates and four armed guards from the local correctional facility. <laughs> The prisoners were all in prison uniforms and wearing leg irons. <laughs> clank, clank, clank. It's like a scene out of Brother Were Out Thou, you know? 
And they, so they, they took up the first few pews. Carl had to kind of tell people to scrunch over, you know. By the time the hymn was over and everyone sat down, the people were in shock. Interestingly, the pastor's sermon that day was entitled, Release to the Captives. <laughs> Bringing people was Carl's gift, and by pouring himself into it, he was realizing his purpose, realizing as in making it a reality. So, starting in the middle of verse 6, in Romans 12, it says, If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in according with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. Now, you know, another way to look at it is that we're all teachers to some degree, right? Even by example. And we all give encouragement to one another, and we can all invite. But when it's your gift, when it becomes, you realize it's your purpose, then that raises it to an, a higher level. And I, and I love the energy that Carl poured into his gift. When you use your gifts and play to your strengths, which are not video right now, I can see that. Okay, okay. Then I'm going to have to give it to you. Uh, when you use your gifts and play to your strengths, you will energize, say, ener energize your activity. As the Apostle Paul was continuing uh, his gift list, he highlights the energy and the passion that comes with having a gift. He says, if it is giving, you see that on the outline, if it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Generously, diligently, cheerfully, never grudgingly. Do it with all your heart. All right, so now if you have been following, uh, in your, you've been writing these down in your outline, then you should have six so far, one left, right? So I'm going to ask you to say them with me, just the, the, the word you wrote down. You will, you will, you will, you will, you will, and you will, and one more. You will supersize, say that one, <laughs> supersize your impact. And if we all use our gifts and play to our strengths out of our love for Christ, then it's going to supersize our church. You, 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 uh, we will experience a Holy Spirit-powered momentum that is unstoppable. And it'll elevate hope. Okay, we're coming along. We've had challenges this morning, but we got a team up there ready for any challenge. Okay, so who here, who here has an idea of at least one gift or strength or talent that you have that you are ready to use for Christ? Stand up and remain standing. You have an idea of at least one gift or talent or strength that you have. Stand up. Don't be shy. All right, who here is not sure of what gift or strength or talent you might have, but you're willing to try something so that you can discover your gift? Will you stand? Please remain standing. And who here wants to maximize your potential, minimize insecurity and arrogance, 
harmonize with the gift of others, specialize in your giftedness, realize your purpose, energize your activity, and supersize your impact. Please stand and remain standing, and you can all stand now. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we confess that a lot of times we don't like to think about our strengths because a lot of times we see them as weakness. And, uh, or we've been, you know, told not to lift ourselves up or, or think that we are good at anything because it's, you know, we, it's not humble enough. Lord, that's not what you think humility is. So show us, Lord, how you've given us gifts and they're a good thing. And, uh, Lord, we want to find a way to use them to bless you and to bless others. Um, and, Lord, somehow help us to see that in each other, to affirm the gifts that we see other people have and so that they can own them and be strengthened by them and uh, we can bless and build up one another. So, Lord, um, we want to be that kind of people. Thank you for blessing us with these amazing gifts. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.